Well, this podcast is into its fourth year of existence, and I really appreciate you checking it out. I love the game of football, especially at the grassroots level here in Saskatchewan. If you like what you hear, please give us a review on Google and share the podcast with your friends and family and others in the football community. My mission here is to get our kids more exposure. We should be, especially in these times, looking to highlight and promote Canadian talent in the game of football. I am really shocked at how quickly people want to throw our three-down game overboard. To that end, I'm working on a Top 50 Can West YouTube show. Look for that early summer. This podcast comes to you from the Regina Sports Performance Studio. Respect the effort. Join today at reginasports.ca. All our guests come to you via the Hammer Time Roofing Hotline. Hammer Time Roofing is Saskatoon's only certaintied five-star roofing contractor that's backed by a true manufacturer's warranty. Give them a call at 306-262-ROOF. Thanks to Kevin Welsh and his gang for getting on board. We'll hear from Kevin in the near future. He's a big-time football fan, and that's why he got on board. I love talking to fans that... You know, put their money where their mouth is. Thanks to my other sponsors, Mark Greshner Photography. You can check out his great work at markgreshner.com. Face First Medical Aesthetics above Gabbo's on Dudney Avenue in downtown Regina. I just went once again for a touch-up on my skin with the uh, Beauty Booster. If it works for me, it'll work for you, and it does work. Trust me. Paul Waldo at Royal LePage in Regina. Get in the real estate game with the three-time Great Cup champ, 306-502-5355. My buddy Corey Zadorozniak at Double Z Ag Sales. For grain hauling, grain marketing, and crop insurance, give him a call, 306-842-2406. The Gear Up with John Ryan Foundation. Thanks to John for never forgetting where he came from, for giving back to the community all the time, including this podcast. And, of course, he has helped out Regina Minor Football for years. AGT Foods. AGT Food and Ingredients, one of the largest suppliers of value-added pulses, staple foods, and food ingredients in the world. A great Saskatchewan success story. And like I said, we're coming to you from the Regina Sports Performance Center studio. All our guests on the Hammer Time Roofing Hotline. Let's talk with our guests in this podcast. It's the Where Are They Now feature. And our Where Are They Now segment brought to you by Double Z Ag Sales in Weyburn for grain hauling, grain marketing, and crop insurance. Give Corey Zadorozniak a call. Joining me, longtime CFL running back, Calvin McCarty. How are you, my friend? Hey, I'm good, man. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, thanks for uh, being on. 13 years you walk away from professional football. Was that a hard decision? Uh, hey, I mean, you know, to, to even say those words, to be able to walk away in this game is, you know, is a blessing. And to be able to play that many years is, you know, it, it's awesome. But, uh, you know, I felt it was time. And I think, you know, you never really completely walk away from the game. Obviously, I can't go out there and strap it up anymore. But uh, there's other ways for me to continue, you know, to have an effect in and play the game that, that I love. So uh, it's always tough, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, I have my family and, and friends and, and my whole life to look forward to. So I'm happy. Yeah, we'll talk about how you're going to influence the game going forward. If you could replay one play or one game again, y- young Calvin McCarty, what would it be? <laughs> one game, one play? Man, the final knee of the Great Cup, easy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. on the knee. Yeah. No, I mean, man, there's a lot. Of, there's too many really. Man, that's a tough question, man. And and I had a lot of success against Saskatchewan, but I respect you guys. And, and there was always a little bit of extra playing in Sask and against Sask and scoring against Sask. And, but, you know, if I had to really pick one play, maybe one touchdown, maybe my first career touchdown in 2007. What do you remember? About, what, yeah, yeah what, do you rem- what do you remember about that? 
Uh, I remember uh, being in the huddle with it was actually Stephen LaForce, okay. uh, old Louisville quarterback. I think he played a little bit in Carolina, maybe with the maybe a short stint with the Raiders, but. I actually played against him in the Liberty Bowl when I was at Boise State, and he was at Louisville, and they beat us 44-40. to 40. <laughs> And practicing with him the whole year, because Ricky was obviously the guy. and mm-hmm. I'm not sure what happened to Ricky at the time, but LaForce ended up starting that game. And, you know, I, I had a lot of rapport with him in practice. So we're in the huddle, and, and he said, Calvin, man, they called the wheel route. He's like, Cal, man, run. And I'm like, hey, just throw it up. So <laughs> he threw it up. I remember Eddie Davis kind of looking inside, feet flat. So I'm assuming, you know, he's used to covering fast wide receivers. He's probably looking at me as a rookie, like, mm-hmm. who the heck is this 28 kid? And I think I got on his toes a little bit early and surprised him and ended up having a pass interference on the play and uh, ended up reaching under his arm. He had his arm elevated and catching it one hand and pulling it in and backpedaling into the end zone. I think the safety, Gordon, yep. I'm not sure if it was Scott. Yeah. Or, yeah, I'm pretty sure Scott. And I actually played with Scott after, and, yeah, we talked about it. But I know Eddie was a, a man was a veteran. I remember looking out there in the flat, and you know you, you, you kind of take, you know who's covering you, and I kind of saw him. But at the end of the day, man, I, that was really one of my few opportunities that year. And I think they ended up – you guys won the great stuff yep, that year. 2007, yes, yeah, 2007, yeah, absolutely. Yep. So yeah, yeah. I know – you know, I knew the opponent. I respected Eddie, and I respected you guys. But I was uh, just looking to make a play as a uh, – a young buck, man, and yeah. luckily it stuck in my hand and I made the play. So that's what I took away. You guys got the great cut, but if I could have one play back, it would probably be that one. Great answer and great memory from Calvin McCarty. Uh, is, do you take this as a compliment? Because I've said this a lot about you. If you looked up football player in a football dictionary, you'd see a picture of Calvin McCarty. Uh, uh, you know, do you take that as a compliment? Man, I appreciate that. That's really, all in all, man, that's, that, that's what I wanted to be. You know, my dad played defense. Um, I played a lot of special teams, and there were certain games there I was kind of an, an emergency linebacker. But mm-hmm. just the whole game and being able to play the game, man, I, I love all aspects of it, not just the blocking, the catching, the offense. I respect the defensive side as well. And I'm just a – you know, I wouldn't say I'm just a fan, but I love the whole game and everything that goes into it. So being a, a complete football player was something that was kind of – you know, I wouldn't say it was – something that I did early, but it was just something that I think was expected, you know. And baseball, you have five tools, right? So, mm-hmm. in football, I was thinking, how can you, you know, have that same effect and be, you know, kind of like a, not just a utility player, but be able to do everything. And especially in the CFL when I first came in, it was always the more the more you can do, the better. So, I was lucky to learn from guys like Matt Bertrand, who was here, who taught me how to play fullback, because I had no clue, man. I was getting beat on the backside. Be getting cut off, missing blocks early in training camp, and he taught me the few key pointers that helped me elevate my game—not just as a running back, but a fullback—and just to see the big picture and understand that it's not just about you, and but it's about having your teammates back in case they go down. But on and off the field. But at the end of the day, man, I I appreciate that, and and yeah, that's the man. I I love the game, and I encourage people to. So obviously soak up more than just your position. Yeah, so, that's in, uh, that, that's interesting because I've talked to like John Chick and I've talked to other guys and and uh, 
you know, John likes football, but he said he was never a, overly a huge fan of the sport. Like he, and he didn't know a lot about what other guys were doing. He he, he only worried about what he was doing, his little area, and perfecting right. and perfecting that. And the more I talk to guys, there's a, a lot more guys like that than you'd think. But it seems like you had appreciation for what everybody did. I mean, it's it kind of comes with the position. You know, I was backup running back, backup fullback, receiver went down. I had to learn that. Maybe I didn't have to learn it, but if you could learn it, it would also help you understand the game that much more. But even coming out of high school, man, I was recruited more to play defense than I was offense. Mm -hmm. And Boise State was one of the only schools that gave me an opportunity to play offense. And uh, But just being able to see it from a defensive perspective, if I understand what the offense is doing, as an offensive player now, if I understand what the defense is doing, but also understand what everybody else is doing around me, uh, it, it, it can allow me to play that much more, you know, longer, maybe more efficient. Mm -hmm. And and sometimes you, you don't run into those headaches because you know what's happening. Yeah. And you're on the same page as your quarterback. Do you so, walk – I'm not – yeah. Go, do you walk away from this game? You talked about it at the start, Calvin. Do you walk away fairly healthy considering that uh, you played a very physical position? A lot of your uh, game was uh, built on physicality. Yeah. Oh, man. Hey, I – understand, you know, that it can be taken away any play, any time. And to go through, you know, I, I broke my leg there for a little bit, but I came back and played six weeks later. Uh, other than that, man, I, I was pretty healthy over the course of, you know, my career. And, and part of that goes to preparation, but, I, I man, uh, it's, uh, I'm, I'm definitely blessed to make it through. But at the same time, I do understand that, you know, certain things come with the position, but being prepared and understand what people are doing around you and, and being able to protect yourself. There's certain fundamentals and things I've learned across the way that helped me play so long. But, I'm man, no complaints. I have no knee surgeries, no shoulders, no elbows. I, I'm thankful for that. No major concussions. But uh, I just, you know, I tell the kids these days or anybody else to play, it can be taken away at any at any time. And at the end of the day, if you're going full speed and something happens, it happens. Yeah. And if not, and, you know, if you're playing half or you're worried about being hurt, or getting hurt, you're not playing up to your maximum ability. So I always try to block that stuff out of my mind. I talk about it more now, and if if I was still playing, I wouldn't even be having this conversation. I wouldn't even, you know, mm -hmm. there was just something that, that you didn't really talk about, man. You just go. Yeah. And if something happens, you were to deal with it. But you don't put, you don't, you know, you don't duck at, hey, you I... know, situations before they happen. So, Let's so get... maybe playing with that. Yeah, no, yeah. Hey, let's get into the meat and potatoes of this because here's a, a good chunk of the reason why I called you. I've been very passionate yeah. about the Canadian Football League. I'm all about supporting our Canadian athletes. And then I see a tweet from you basically echoing those things and about how much you love the three-down Canadian Football League game. Just talk about that because it's great when it's coming from a guy like you that actually went through the, uh, you know, the bumps and bruises in the trenches, that type of guy, uh, a Canadian. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's always, it's frustrating to be talking about it. You know, it's, we, we owe some respect to those who came before us that came through, paved the way. Either it's management, players, fans, you know, they're all, you know, equal and I think building up this league. And what's uniquely Canadian about it is, you know, it's our own rules, own trophy, own everything. You know, I know it's a hockey-driven country, but at the end of the day, it's, it's truly a Canadian sport. And, the game is different, and if you appreciate it and you understand what's happening, because a lot of people, they don't take the time to understand what you don't know, and it's easy for them to question, you know, oh, well, it's not this, it's not that. Take it for what it's worth. 
you know, you respect it, and you try and learn the best about it. I mean, my my big thing about it is I've seen coaches. I was coaching, you know, Pee Wee, like Canadian coaches, guys that were volunteering their time to, to help, you know, teach me lessons. At a Pee Wee age, high school, junior football, Canadian university, you start looking at the big picture, you change the rules, you change the foundation of everything. And it's not just about that. And, and for us not to exhaust all options, as a league or as a nation or however you want to put it, because we're all kind of responsible for it. Let's let's come, let's get together. Think about how we can keep it, you know, keep it together as opposed to trying to outsource for something that, you know, I'm not. I don't even want to say the name because there's no point even mentioning the same breath to me at right now because, you know, as we're rich in tradition. We have history. We can go through this. We can work through this. And I think there's ways for us to potentially team up and and come up with a solution instead of trying to tear it down and break it apart. Hey, help me out here, man, because you're, you've moved on to the next step of your life, developing athletes and helping them get to the next level, which I really appreciate your giving back to the game. I've heard this from, and, and you played in this league, so you're another great guy to talk to about this, but I've heard this from a bunch of different coaches over the years. The Canadian talent in the CFL has never been better than it is now. We have more Canadians playing down south like you did. We have better coaching and better programs here north of the border, junior football and in particular university football so which is it Calvin because if Canadian talent is better than it's ever been why are we looking to cut Canadian talent why do we always hear oh well we don't have enough uh, enough depth to fill out Canadian rosters I've always thought that's a bunch of bullshit in my opinion oh 100% man it's, it's, it's you've heard the saying that the teams with the best Canadians win mm-hmm. what are they really saying on the opposite side of that you know so at the end of the day, uh, that's what, you know, it's a Canadian game. Uh, the players are as best. I, like you said, I agree with everything. Maybe it's more exposure, but there's other things for, for people to be doing. But I just feel like, you know, on top of that, you help, you help, you know, enrich the community with, like you said, better coaches at all levels, junior, university, better talent on the field, more talent on the field. And at the end of the day, there's 30, what, 31 NFL teams, yeah, 32, 32, yeah. 32, yeah. Nine here. Let's just say 40 teams. There's over 400-plus NCAA universities that play over 120 kids on the roster with how many guys graduating. The product's there, man. There's enough there. And, and for us to be competing and, and gaining these scholarships to the states, I don't think people understand the, the, the low odds that it takes for that to happen. And the, you, know, you know what I mean? Just the, the odds of, especially a Canadian receiving a scholarship. And then you go skill position. Then you go... You think about, you know, the, the bigs, I call them big skills. Yeah. But there's definitely, there's enough talent there coaching, you know, at different levels, players at different levels. We just need to groom them and, and keep going. And even the grooming the coaches. I think more Canadian coaches in the league, too, could help, you know, keep the product or have some kind of way, not just saying that you need a coaching ratio, but maybe something similar to that to help grow the game. Maybe somebody, every year you have somebody attend from high school, you have different high school coaches attending Canadian training camps, um, junior program coach. You have a, and we give back to the game that way. I I don't know the whole picture of it, but the talent wise, and I've I've coached kids, man. I've held camps with kids. I know kids that are playing from 2015, man. We won the Great Cup. We stayed in the community. We did camps. We do different things. I'm still involved in the community. I know a lot of kids that still personally not not bragging, but they look up to us. Yeah, you have your American, you have your NFL fans. That's cool. But at the end of the day, it's what you're doing and what people see. So um, I agree, man. 
Yeah. I think that's a bunch of BS. Yeah, I do. I think it is a bunch of BS. You know, another one that kills me, and I've said this before, and it's great to talk to a guy that's just out of the league now. Um, <laughs> Canadian quarterbacks, it's like they're tre- – don't take this the wrong way, but I believe the Canadian quarterback is treated like – remember back in the day when they said a black couldn't be a quarterback in the United States because he wasn't smart enough? That was an no ac- That was an absolutely ridiculous statement. But I really believe the Canadian quarterback, as soon as he's got a Canadian – uh, birth certificate attached to his name. It's almost like he's got the plague, and there's no way that guy could ever be a quarterback in the CFL. And and that's ridiculous. Right. That's ridiculous to me. Doesn't that kill grassroots football in the long run, Calvin? Because that's the most important position. If you were told in hockey your whole life you could play goalie, but once you got to the NHL, kid, you better go be a defenseman or a right winger. There'd be a lot of pissed off hockey parents in Canada. But it's because it's this. But because no, it's true. But because it's the C. But because it's the CFL, and you can't make millions of dollars, people aren't too worried about it. That we're just overlooking. It's ridiculous to me. I don't get it. How do you feel about that? Because to me, if you could ever find a Canadian quarterback truly that deserved it, that could quarterback a CFL team, that is a license to print money. If you want to talk about fixing the league, no doubt. Well, that, I think that just goes back to the idea, the idea and the thought of that's the Americanized, the quarterback is the gunslinger. You know what I mean? That's the guy. Yeah. So there's a lot of schools that have a lot of guys that think they're the guy. Like I said, there's how many professional starting QB jobs are there? There's only a few. There's a lot of other, I think, built-in kind of what you're talking about into the situation. But at the end of the day, if you're a good enough Canadian, to play starting the CFL, I think you're good enough to play in the NFL or have a backup role in the NFL as well. So, mm-hmm. um, you know what I mean? Like Jesse Palmer, yeah. Florida. Yeah. He definitely could have played or had a legitimate shot. And some of these guys, I feel like the bias of the CFL quarterback period when you go back down to the NFL is maybe there's – because there's guys here I feel like could, could definitely at minimum be a backup. But really, you know, uh, it, it's about opportunity, man, and, and just keep hacking at it and – and trying to fight that. But I think believing in the system, maybe even having like a, a de- designated developmental spot for them, mm-hmm. just something, you know what I mean, to help these kids to have a goal, to reach for something. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter unless they get on the field and yeah. you get out there and you prove it. So we just need people. Brandon tried it a little bit. Bridge. I have a brother, Jordan McCarty. He was a quarterback coach at SFU last year, but got released through the COVID anyways. Yeah. He understands, man, and, and at the end of the day, I just think it's, if you're a good enough quarterback, Canadian, American, Mexican, anything, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? If you can swing it and you're back there, and you can, you know, it's just about you got to have that attitude. And if there's any position that needs to be the that has that the most bias towards it, it's that position. Yeah, but is there position. is there Kelvin a is there Kelvin a because I believe this. I believe there's an American coaching bias, and this isn't a big revelation as it relates to certain yeah. positions. The teams look at their roster; they go, "Okay, no we're going to go Canadians no on the doubt. we're going to go Canadians it's, it's on really the." It's a safer bet, though, too. You you, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's longevity. But I think it's going to take, like I said, we start developing at different levels, yeah. and that mindset. You start challenging those thoughts and those things. I think that's kind of how you combat that. It's going to be a slow grind, but at the end of the day, it's a quarterback-driven league. And when you get your opportunity in there, you know. And I think Bridge might have faced some of that, too. I kind of know what he went through, and I understand, because I was with that staff. So, mm-hmm. you know, I know Bridge had to face some bias, 100%. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely, you're not off by saying that. Yeah. And if anything is anything, you know, that's the most biased position.
Yeah. No doubt. I, I, I think there's other biases, though. You don't see a lot of Canadian boundary corners. You don't see a lot of Canadian slot backs anymore. You got you got some interior linemen, both on the offense and mm-hmm. defensive side. You might have a you might have a guy good enough like Calvin McCarty or Andrew Harris, but that's few and far between. We stick the we stick the Canadian at the wide, wide receiver spot. He might get four balls a year. You know what I mean? And kids, right. I don't care. Kids don't grow up to be offensive linemen. I, not saying they're not great athletes. Not saying they're not, you know, they're not necessary because obviously they are. But young kids, they want to be a Calvin McCarty, an Andrew Harris, a Chris Getzlaff, uh, you know, a Mike Edom, uh, Davis right. Sanchez. That's what they. That's what you want to be. You want to be one of those glamour positions when you're growing up. And I think the CFL is moving away from that. And I think that's a big problem in attracting young people to watch our game. Man, I think we're the most skilled we've been in a long time. So I don't understand the whole, you know. I think a lot of it does come with come to the, the goes, but I'm not. Man, I love all my coaches. And yeah. I know my coaches mean well when they go out there, but it also goes to who's bringing in the players, who wants what. There's a lot of different levels to making that decision on uh, who's in there, who's getting targets. It's not just about I'm gonna work hard. If I work hard, I play. Mm-hmm. If I play, I get my chance. Sometimes it's about waiting your chance. Somebody might go down, and you got to be there, and you know, and and and. But initially, like you said, the initial part of no, let's just trust him and throw him in there because he has a uh, a Canadian passport is is definitely there. But like you said, we have the most Americans. I mean, most Canadians playing NCAA. A lot of guys with some league opportunities now, and I've seen a lot of great American players that were so-called great in that game and come up here and couldn't, you know, couldn't hold their own mm-hmm. on water. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's it, it just it, it's full circle, man. It's giving back to the communicate the community. It's uh, helping these kids, showing them that they can reach their goals, giving them the confidence. It's about getting those guys in the right spot to help coach and the guys that are really running some of the CFL games, some of the great greatest minds. I feel like are CIS and junior coaching and running these offenses that they've been doing their whole life. Mm-hmm. So I think we can learn from them as well. Like the glass is never full, and I think it's it'll come full circle and. At the end of the day, man, why can't we develop a Canadian quarterback? But it comes with, it comes with building the whole thing up, man. And and uh, for me, I've always been, I think best player deserves an opportunity. But yeah. sometimes it's not up to those coaches. Yeah. Hey, uh, so Calvin, what are you doing now in terms of uh, spreading your knowledge on to the next generation of football stars? Because I know you're a, a kind of a trainer and also a mentor. Yeah. Well, I do uh, work with a company called Hudson's Athletic Recruiting. We specialize in sending kids down to the NCAA, elite student-athletes, connecting them with coaches or mentors to help get their grades in order, get their film together, especially now due to COVID. There's a lot of guys missing film, and coaches are still looking for players. So mm-hmm. whether it's uh, they look for, you know, speed, explosiveness, explosiveness, flexibility, there's all kinds of ways you can showcase this. And I encourage kids to get their social media together and profiles together to do that. But I'm also uh, – I guess a certified O line slash running back coach at the high school here in uh, Saint Albert called Belrose. So oh, between nice. that and and uh, trying to get my daughter to, to throw spirals, <laughs> that's how I give him back. <laughs> I love it. Would you like your daughter to play football one day? Uh, Mama's not having that. There's no, no way she no. could play though. She could definitely play. I've seen her out there run and yeah, yeah. she plays some flag. But oh yeah, flag's good. Be a gymnast. Yeah, yeah, well that's good. As long as she's an athlete yeah. of so, uh, of some sort, she she'll no pro- she'll probably come by it honestly. If people want to check out where they can find you, how do they get a hold of you, Calvin? 
Uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, C-M-C-C-A-R-T-Y, at Calvin McCarty 31. Uh, Yeah, I'm easy, guys. You know, you can find me. I'm on Facebook. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if we advertise that anymore, but it's been a while. (laughs) I was the original Facebook, man. When the Facebook came out, it was so you could receive college notes from teammates. So I downloaded it, so I... Mm-hmm. Never mind. I downloaded it so I could maybe skip a class or two, but really I needed all the notes. That's the real reason. <laughs> wait, wait. I love Everybody it. go to class. Make sure you attend your, yeah, your lo- classes as much as possible. I love the honesty, man. Hey, th- thanks a <laughs> right. lot. Uh, appreciate it. I appreciated watching you, and I appreciated you taking some time out of your schedule. Have a great day, man. Man, anytime. You guys, too. Have a great day. It's time for the Gospel According to Ballsy. <laughs> Well, it's first reported by my colleague and friend Arash Madani of Sportsnet and then later confirmed by Three Down Nation. The CFL has once again approached the feds for financial aid in an effort to get back on the field in 2021. Last year, you remember, the league asked for a $30 million interest-free loan. However, that was denied. The answer ultimately led to the Board of Governors pulling the plug on the 2020 season. Well, apparently they're back at it again. Now, in fairness to the feds, and I'm not always a big fan, they did provide other financial support and wage subsidy programs that other Canadians were eligible for. So it's not like the CFL didn't get some help. Now, most teams in the CFL have good ownership and either have new or refurbished stadium. Plus, all of the teams are Canadian-based and the Canadian ratio protects Canadian jobs. I love the CFL and my job is partly reliant on this league surviving. But as a taxpayer, I want to know that this league has a solid plan and is feasible for years to come. They also better be prepared to open their books so we can see the true financial picture of this league. One of the big problems with the CFL is the secrecy. Like for instance, you tell us we're starting on time when we all know you were never going to start on time. So just be upfront with the fans like, hey, we're not starting on time because quite frankly, we're all at the mercy of this pandemic. We're talking to the XFL because we're broke and on life support instead of having people speculate. Now, I know the speculation's good for talking about both leagues, but come on, there are a lot of players and fans left in the dark. And after a while, they'll be like, ah, screw it. I'll go watch the NFL or golf or bowling. Also, and this is a big one for me, if I'm in government and this is Canadian taxpayers' dollars, you have to agree to keep the Canadian ratio, not reduce or eliminate it. In fact, I want to see some sort of plan to build the Canadian content in the game, like a Canadian coach on each CFL staff, and maybe a developmental spot for a Canadian quarterback. We have no problem throwing two global mannequins on a roster, but we won't develop a Canadian quarterback? It's the Canadian taxpayer's dollar for the Canadian Football League. This has been Growing the Game with Ballsy. If you have a football story you'd like to share to help us grow the game, email Michael Ball at mball at harvardbroadcasting.com. Ballsy can be heard weekdays in Regina on 104.9 The Wolf Morning Show and during Saskatchewan Rough Riders and U of R Rams broadcasts on 620 CKRM.